With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the reality that they are living in this new era, uh, this new generation, is all about uh, me. And uh, the word and the term is instant gratification, which is very damaging to these young men. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, spend it around, kid. You know, you know what to say. Come on down. <laughs> We're back. Back in the building. Listen, the energy. Every week. Every, bro, it don't stop. It don't yeah, stop. Come on, man. Can't like stop, go. won't stop. You're like, going, man. You're <laughs> you know, like, I'm like looking going, like yeah. P. Tiddy. <laughs> Not P. Tiddy, no, P. Tiddy. <laughs> but yeah, but today, sorry, I should stop saying, bro, it's not politically correct. Big um, up. CB, CBK. What's that mean? <laughs> Coco Butter Kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no God shine. Um, and that brings me on to um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we're, um, we're going to speak boxing, we have to um, speak to the man. Oh, no. I so that gives you an insight <laughs> into who we got for the. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. You're <laughs> yeah, with the uh, <laughs> you know with the fourth, <laughs> and the shrimp starts back there. You take your liberties, you take and your liberties. The, the bag of the gloves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tonight, bro. You know, if you've noticed, I don't even need to say, "Have you got him in the black book?" Because yeah, because it's it's, it's no. just irrelevant now. You know, you know what you have to say now, isn't it? <laughs> Where is the John book? <laughs> okay. Where's the John Wick? All right, done. Argument done. Come on. Get Chris Eubank on the line. Good evening, sir. Uh, I don't know what time it is over there. In uh, Where are you? Lu- uh, Louisiana, as I've heard. I'm in Louisiana. I've, um, Ten past I've two. just come back from the office. Okay, okay. Well, the Marshall's office. And uh, we're preparing to go to Texas. Well, so we're traveling and we are moving. 
and we are in prayer and we're in a wishing mood. Yes, sir. And we are, um, we're good. Well, can I just say this? It is an absolute honor, a pleasure to be speaking to you. I mean, after all these years, you know, you know, those situations where, um, you're someone's right in front of you, but you never meet. <laughs> That's how I feel like with you. And I had this particular mo moment set up for you. Hold on. Wait, this is for you, Chris. <laughs> right now, I know, I know. Right now, I know that you're dancing. You're dancing wherever you are. I don't know if it's the office, your living room. Right now, I took you back a few years there, Chris. <laughs> well, well, the truth, the truth is, my spirit may be indeed dancing, but my my body is still. I'm okay. I'm concentrating on you. Yes, too, sir. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, brother. I mean, my dad is gonna be. My dad is not gonna believe this. This is how, this is how much of a legend you are to me and my family. My dad. Wow. My, my father. And let me tell you something. You're a Dalish man. Do you know that I live? I was born and brought up in Wheatland House, in Dockenhill Hill Estate. One wow. one estate where your father and your brothers reside. I don't know if yeah, you, I our family there still. I don't know. Yeah, because because um, I think it was Peter done some electrical work for my dad the other day. <laughs> so look at you. This called this serendipity. Called this uh, happening. Called this energy meeting. It's, this is incredible. Right. You couldn't even write this, you know. And right. Well. Uh, my, I, I mean, listen, I've got to do well, it again. I'll go, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I've got to do it again, Chris. <laughs> and then to follow on from that. We, we, we know if we were to look at your, wow. we, we know if we were to look at your career <laughs> and when you, you, you first started out in America and you had five fights in America. Yes. And I remember when you, you came back over to the UK and I don't know who it was, what 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 manager, but I remember Eubank was on TV. Said somebody offered me a contract on chip paper, <laughs> like Liberty. No, I, that was you, you uh, okay. That, that was the, the late Mickey Duff. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. God rest his uh, his soul, and uh, you know, keep in mind that um, it this. Uh, type uh, that taught me mm. uh, along with the other current promoters um, there was a, a promoter called Mike Barrett there was Jarvis Astaire and all of these um, you know great characters um, uh, I learned from but uh, you know the way in which they taught us was the hard way um, and so with the lessons we've learned, uh, we pass them back to, you know, this generation to keep them, um, I suppose, in a better position. Yes. Um, that of which means to say that effectively, you know, we want them not to actually uh, go through what I was taught the hard way. Mm. So effectively, um, you know, 
my knowledge or my experience or my insights, um, you know, will guide them to actually having uh, a career which is not so damaging if they take heed of the advice garnered by those who have come before them. Brilliant point. I mean, you know, you had an illustrious career, 13 years spanning, you know, middleweight, super middleweight, and finally, you know, I think closing your career at Cruiserweight. Um, what would you say is the, uh, the highlight of that illustrious career? Or I, I guess there's a number of highlights, but one that really stands out in your mind. Well, you know, we have to say Nigel Ben because that was... Um you know, I, you know I, let me put it to you this way. I had 19 of 24 world championship wins. Uh, wow. So those wow. 19 world championship wins were consecutive. Um, now, this may sound uh, cruel to myself, but, you know, uh, try and hear the point. Uh, you can discard 17 of those world championship wins, but there were two the Nigel Ben and the Michael Watson too, I would ask you to concentrate on those two because those two, I couldn't win. Mm. And I did. That is... Uh, hold on. Hold on. Wait there, wait there, wait there, wait there. Yeah. Because listen, man, I'm telling you, I've been telling people this. In defeat lies the biggest lesson. And I want you to touch on this more, Chris, please. This is education for us, the listening fans, for the young fighters coming up. Um, listen to the one and only Chris Eubanks. Come on, Chris. Well, well you know, these, um, I mean, these perceptions of which, again, are, you know, insightful, views born of those experiences um, I don't even know whether it's the right thing to actually speak on them because it's mm. uh, lost on uh, most because it's not their reality oh, um, and the reality that they are living in this new era yes. uh, this new generation is all about uh, me and the uh, the word and the term is instant gratification, which oh, is very 100%. damaging to these young men come who are now on, coming up. Instant- wait, 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 Chris. Listen, you, you, I just took you back to the dance <laughs> Scripture, come on, come on, come brother Chris. Chris. Come listen, on. Bro, listen, this is Christopher Eubanks in church. Yes. <laughs> come on. Let, let, I will. <laughs> tell him, tell him, Chris. Uh, I, I, I will, I will. Okay, so, so you know, um, so when we talk about instant gratification, we talk about everyone, everybody wants everything now. Mm. You know, this is an art, a craft, and a way of life that you can't, you, you, you can't jump, uh, you can't skip. There's no shortcut through yes. this. Yes. If you don't learn your art, which takes, uh, well, it took me seven years to learn the art. Excellent. Build my record and actually contend for a world championship now. Yes. There is no short cutting it. If you do, then effectively, this is what may happen to you. 
-hmm. You may be put into a position (laughs) where you are a champion without having gone through the entire schooling aspect of boxing. So let's say now you're in university with effectively a world championship. If you have been made to skip college, you will pay (laughs) a very heavy price. (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you about that heavy price. If not the loss that you will lose to someone who's actually gone through this schooling system, it's more the fact that you'll have the masses looking up to you as a superstar. Yes. But then when you're in university or when you're with fighters who have gone through the whole boxing experience and education, they will beat you and the public will not allow you to keep on losing if they are thinking of you as a superstar or the example or the benchmark. Yes. Can I, wouldn't you say that the fact that there is so much money in the sport today, more so than when you was participating, don't you think that has an effect on fighters, managers? I wouldn't say the fighters because, you know, I think the fighters are born of something whereby they just want to fight and uh, it's down to the handlers and carers uh, to take care of these young men. Um, but wouldn't you say that money plays uh, an, uh, an important factor in a lot of decision-making nowadays? Well, it, it's what, uh, unfortunately, fooling the fighters or uh, the money aspect is being put in front of the fighters learning their craft. They are being fast-tracked. And when they're fast-tracked, effectively... Uh, it damages them, and it actually um, it robs us, the boxing fans who love to see great fighters um, uh, produced. It robs us of having great fighters because they're fast tracked, and so they're spoiled. You can't pick an apple when it is green. Let it ripen. Mm-hmm. You know, let it ripen before you pick it, or before you put it out to pasture, if you will. Do, do you see? This is interesting. This is so interesting. Um, no, you don't agree. Okay. I, oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, listen, I, 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 I see this as clear as day. And um, it's almost as though taking an exam and not revising. That's your point. And um, it, it's very clear. Okay, let, let, let me be clearer. Let me be clearer. Imagine, imagine a man has 16 fights. Effectively, yes. back in the 90s, 16 fights, you were considered more or less a novice. Yes. Now, today... Yes. If that person is put into a world championship fight, yes. At sixteen fights, yes. Effectively, they're in over their head. Now imagine that person then winning that sixteenth fight mm-hmm. and having a world championship. That's a good. Then point. you're in effectively the, uh, the big league. Yep. Yes. Without yes. having learned your trade. Yes. Yes. You know, you you can't fast track it and you can't skip. You can't leapfrog. So what and would if you're you say? made to leapfrog, you're going to pay a very heavy price. Yes, but what and the you... price isn't just being beaten. Yes, yes. The price really is letting down the public who have grown to love you because you have been manufactured. Yes, but wouldn't you say, on an, you know, there's always you know life is polarity. There's two sides to every coin. Um, wouldn't you say, as Alex Ferguson said years ago? when referring to Ryan Giggs and uh, Wayne Rooney, that if you're good enough, you're old enough. 
if you're good enough, you're what? You're, sorry, if you're good enough, if you're if you're young enough, I'm sorry, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Basically, he was saying that these young men were good enough to compete in the Premiership because they had the natural talent and they had the mental stability. So, wouldn't you say that in some cases that that may play a part? You mean you 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 mean perhaps it can translate to boxing as yes, well? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's a competitive No, in the of, in the <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, listen. No, it, Mike Tyson was it, young. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Yes, yes. It doesn't work that way because in football you have. 11 other men to rely on. That's correct. In boxing, it's just you won. Yes. And well, when it's you won, it means you have to have learned your art, meaning that if you can't outbox a man, you may have to dig in. Yes. And get rough, dirt. You may, you may have to fight the man. I'm not talking about box yes. the man. I'm talking about fight the man. So would you say and that's so age? many of these boxers can't fight. So would you they say... They can box, <laughs> but if you force them to fight, yes. they'll fold. Yes. So do you think fighting was something that you learned... Or you had naturally as a young man. No, you have to learn all. You, you, you know, no, we're not talking about boxing. We're talking about fighting, fighting, not boxing. Not to, we're not talking about the art of boxing. We're talking about being able to fight because I, ha I grew up with many friends in the same areas that you were grown up, uh, grew, grew up in, and uh, these guys would fight, but they didn't know how to box. So if someone could be taught boxing. And who already could fight, and had the natural ability? Wouldn't you, you know, could could would would that would that be an option for them to contest a championship very early in their careers? But, but why? But you know why? If you if you are looking out for the well being of a fighter, you yes. want him to be holistically trained, yes. so that yes. okay, if he has the ability to fight or mm -hmm. get into a dog fight. Yes. You want to actually teach him how to protect yes, yes. his heart because yes. maybe perhaps the, the fighter has the ability to actually go beyond the call of duty. But yes. you want to protect that heart by teaching him the art yes. of boxing, do you see? And that cannot be fast-tracked. It takes years to do that. 100%. For instance, uh, listen to this example of boxing schooling. So in academic schooling, College is a four-year course. Mm -hmm. Boxing is maybe, let's say, a three-year course. You can't fast-track that. You can't make up three years in five months. Do you see? 100%. You can't fast-track. You can't skip. So you, ha you have to be built properly. <laughs> Definitely. All right, moving Instant on. Instant gratification <laughs> or... Again? I know. No, I was, I, I was, I, I was really moving on to your career, and uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, you were unbeaten for the first ten years of your career, and um, what was the feeling yeah. like when you actually suffered your first defeat, and how did that make you feel? And do you feel that was a turning point in your career? Did it, you know, what was your feeling at the time? Um, my first loss. Yes. Because, I mean, you had, you, you'd gone on, a, I think it was 10 years, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, without losing a fight. Um, listen, winning and losing is a part of life. Yes. Now, it's how you, it's, it's whether you embrace it. Now, if you should complain about your loss, mm. then 
you know, you haven't you you, you haven't uh, any idea really of gentlemanly conduct, which will see you respected. Yes, sir. Nothing wrong with losing is how you lose. I mean, I remember I lost the fight against um, Carl Thompson. Yes. And in one of the greatest, you know, I've never been given more plaudit. You, but yeah. I've never that been given more plaudit. Yes, yes, yes. Because the bravery, you know, losing like a gent- losing like a gentleman means, you know, effectively, the guy is a champion. Yes, sir. Championship behavior is chivalry. It is decency. It is good conduct. It is good manners. That is what a champion is. Yes, sir. So that, for me, I mean, I would say to you, I mean possibly it'd be better for me to be in the studio than I could gesticulate and make clearer the fact that I was champion long before I won the belt. Come it's on, a you. behavioral pattern. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're giving us the gems, so you know we've got to give the round of applause. Yeah. So, so, Chris, when you say like you was champion before... Long before. Yeah, long before. Um, I remember Charlie Magri um, telling me a story about, about you. And he, he said that... Um, you were at the gym. I, 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 I can't recall what gym it was, but you were at the gym and he was there in the camp and so was um, Jim McDonald. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Uh, hold on. Spencer, yes, you sir. are going in and out of Come coverage oh, sorry. now. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Hello? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah so um, Charlie Maggie tells me a story that once you were in the gym and this is like when you just came over from America, so you was, what, 5-0? and oh, and right. you, you ordered a taxi and the, the taxi service sent like an old beat up car for you and you refused to go into the car. <laughs> Come on. And like, and Charlie Maggie said, I don't believe it. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like who was there. He, he, he wasn't, he wasn't nobody. And like Chris said, no, this, this is, this is not for me. You, you better send me something decent. <laughs> and they went back and got you a better car. Come on. Was it that kind of well, mindset? I don't. I, yeah, that's what Charlie said to me. Was it? Was I'm just saying. I'm, I, I don't I'm, actually remember this okay. this particular incident, but <laughs> it sounds like it. He made like it up, Chris. Yeah, it does sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> he made it up. Yeah, no, that's it. I said it does sound like him. No, because it was that that thing. Like you was not you in your mindset. You weren't settling for second best in anything that you did, and I could see that right throughout your fights. That like you never you never settled. Just what you brought to the game, mm. um, you. I don't know. I don't know if you, if you like, when you were a kid, if you studied like the bad guys in wrestling and said, "Well, I'm going to roll with that," but I'm going to roll. And then you maybe also you could have studied great men like um, Jack Johnson or 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 because I could kind of see that in your swag. Your swag was a different kind of swag. It was it was like the West Indians when they first came over, like in a ring rush uh, in the early in the in the late fifties. It was you had this pride. It's, it's very, very difficult to for for people who don't know to kind of get it. But I always got it. I always got it. When I used to watch you as a kid, I I always got it. Especially because it's like it's twenty nine years this month that you beat Nigel Benson to become world champion. But there was something about you. I remember you was on Satan Greavesy and it was talking about your fight with Nigel Ben, and you were saying, "Look, I've I've got moves now you haven't even seen yet." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Chris Eubank must watch Kung Fu movies. <laughs> Something. They were just serious. Yeah, you're laughing. You know you used to watch them Kung Come Fu on, give, give us the secrets, Chris. We, <laughs> don't worry. You, you, tell, you know, you value your career. We need the secrets. <laughs> so tell us, what well, was the motivation? Come on. 
the motivation. Yes. And integrity. Yes. Integrity was the motivation. Okay, so before that, actually, you have them wanting to win the respect of your peers, your family, your brothers, uh, your your peers. And so, you know, the drive was that I was impoverished of respect. So you know how that is in um, the inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's something I yearned for. Yes. Now... Uh, for me, I thought, well, the way in which I can win this is by being able to speak so people can understand the way in which I'm trying to communicate my views, one. Two, if I can actually fight and be a gentleman, do it by the rules. Do not cheat. Yes, sir. Do not uh, try to cut corners. Uh, remember that your mother's watching. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come Whether on. she's alive or not, she's watching. Sorry, Chris, I'm getting excited. So so, so then you're forced to learn your art so that you can uh, prevent um, what you've built in your skill set. Yes. Because everybody respects a man who can fight. Mm. Uh, Because the instinct, the first instinct of a man is to protect. And so uh, it is, if a man can fight, then he's respected. Now, if you can be a gentleman with that, if you can do it fairly and squarely, if you can uh, show style, uh, majesty, and grace, if you can, uh, if you can, um, if you can show almost ease on the extreme pressure, how wonderful! Uh, how wonderful a thing to actually behold, to, to be able to do something which is so hard that everybody wants to be able to do. Everybody thinks that they can do, but yes, actually sir. they know that they can't do it. Yeah. And if they can do it, can they do it As while well. displaying uh, class? class yes. Now, that for me was my goal. Yes. And when I couldn't do it, meaning that when I was getting it torn out of me, mm. uh, like some of those sites you've seen me in, the idea was always to... Uh, if you're taking the beating, yes. take it and continue. This can only win the hearts of the people who are watching. Yes, sir. And winning the heart is winning the respect. You see. So what was what was your what was your inspiration? We know where you motivated. What was your inspiration for you to do the things that you did, sir? My first inspiration probably Bob Marley. Okay. <laughs> Words of um, righteousness, words of, um, you know, whatever the pressure, hold your head high. Mm. Um, then you have influences, you know, the main influence would have been the church. Um, you know, watching the preachers and the pastors, you know, touch people and people start speaking in tongues and they start dancing and, you know, they start shaking. Uh, and watching the preachers deliver their sermons and how people would be inspired by all of that and watching movies, movies like movies like uh, Once Upon a Time in the West with Charles Bronson, movies like The Three Musketeers with uh, <laughs> Michael York playing D'Artagnan. It's actually taking from everything you see and making it your own. So yeah. it's a form of plagiarizing. 
Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that. A great, a great, a great man said to me, it's never where you take it from, but it's where you take it to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chris, you, Chris, you said that to me, Chris, Chris about five years ago. But there's, yeah, there's something I want to ask. Well, that's very kind of you. I wasn't going to take um, ownership of that <laughs> well, because well, nothing well, is mine. Well, but indeed, we, we, it may have been me. Give credit where credit is due. That's what we say here. But I know the reason, or the the, the you know the the reason why you have adopted the name Mister English. English. But please yeah. tell. The fans on the fight is right. Where this name came from? Well, you see, you know, in, you know, you can try and explain the word to the audience. Yes. You can try and break down and explain to them what the word dread means. Yeah, come on. Wait, now, wait, 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 wait. My father. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, can't, you can't use that word without, without <laughs> pretending you're in a dance hall. Dread. <laughs> come on, Chris. Come okay. On, sorry, sorry. So, 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 my father was yes. indeed dread. Yes. Now, you know, his language, if you find, if you go back and you listen to the old tape of Bob Marley mm-hmm. talking, mm-hmm. That is my father's era, my mm. father's language. Okay, when the term like guy, guy was obviously a, an American word, but when the Jamaicans heard it and started using it, it was that era. You know, it was a very cool thing. The way they talk, it was a beautiful thing that obviously no longer exists. Mm. You know, the Jamaican would say of that era, um, Make them good on there. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to explain right, it so to our, our listeners. So now. check 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 the way down is spelled D O W M G Dome. That's an old yard talk. So my father came from an era which was, you know, Skia. That's not we don't pronounce it scar as the British do. We pronounce it Skia. I'm what I'm called rock steady. Yes, I'm, um, so, so, so this is the era my father came from. Yes. And I'm looking at my uncles with their trilberries and their three-piece suits. And I'm looking at their swag. How can I not have picked all this up? I'm looking at the pastor uh, making the audience jump, you know, with the word of Christ, the law. Yes, I mean. So all of that is what inspired me. And then, obviously, to win the respect of an audience, you know, fighting or boxing because of the great Muhammad Ali and Jack Johnson, uh, Joe Louis, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest names on the planet the time they were reigning as champions. There's me thinking, well, I can't do that, but you know what? I may be able to, I mean, I didn't even really believe in myself, but, you know, I looked at some of these fighters like Nigel Ben at the time and thought, I may not believe in me, but I can beat him. Mm. Interesting. That's Interesting. what happens when you learn your craft. You work out, you can, you can see what you can do from what you can't once you've learned your craft. And this cannot be fast-tracked. And 
this, what I'm going to say to you now, may be uh, a little bit controversial, but it's true. Yes. The, I, I know boxing, and I'm talking about the art. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about um, uh, generating money. Yes. I'm only talking about the art, the craft, and the life you have to live to be a fighter of genuine worth. Now, herein lies the fact. Very few people know boxing. Very, very few. They're not teaching boxing. They're teaching fitness. Hmm. They're teaching jumping jacks and they're teaching uh, pad work. Hmm. And they're teaching um, kill sprint and calisthenics. Calisthenics, sorry. Mm. Do that pronunciation for me uh, when the show is over. Thank you. Okay, that's what they're doing. I, I, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't, I can't say I know too much about that. Yes. But when it comes to the artistry. being able to, um, well, you know about the artistry of this of the sport. The artistry. Yes. Yeah. Listen to how the art sounds. How do you hurt your man? How do you keep him hurt? How do you keep him uncomfortable? This is what I've learned. How to beat your man. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was talking to Mike Tyson in 1993 and I asked him, what's the most important aspect of learning how to fight? His answer was as follows. You are going to say that it's running and sparring. Well, let me tell you this, he said. Gus Yamato didn't believe in running. He only believed in sparring. And he was right. I was going to say running and sparring, but I actually agree with him. It is sparring. Mm. No trainer makes the champion. The champion, the fighter, makes himself champion. It's, whether, it's usually whether he's using his brains, meaning that he's listening and applying what he's been taught. But he's got to use his own brains. If I would want to get across only one thing to the audience listening, uh, sorry, it's not so much the audience, it's the box audience, the guys who are actually doing it, yes. you have to use your brains. Yes. You have to use your brains. So let me tell you how it happened to me. I had this trainer called uh, Andy Martinez uh, in the South Bronx. 1982, 83. Um, he was a fitness trainer, as most trainers actually are. Fitness trainers. Okay. I saw that I needed the tutelage of a man called Maximo Perez. Maximo Perez uh, trained the, the professionals, you know, and I so admired uh, how he taught and effectively pursued him for a year and a half, asking him to teach me. So after a year and a half, he said, well, I'll give you a chance. After three weeks, he said, I haven't got time for you. You're like, you punch like a girl. Hmm. And he said, why don't you go and play soccer? And he tells me that I cried when he told me this. And he laughed when he tells me this story. The point is this. When he actually said he wouldn't train me, I was then forced to actually watch how he trains the professionals. Uh, 
in particular, Dennis Cruz. So the fact that he wouldn't train me, that forced me to use my brain to watch what he did and then replicate. Replicate and replicate in sparring. Mm. That, that would be the key thing I, say, I, I will say to you. So basically- I, didn't have, I didn't have so much support. Yes. But that particular uh, juncture where he said, no, I can't work with you, that forced me to use my brain. Yes. And I'm telling you, in any field, any vocation, if you use your brains, your own brains, if you look into what you're doing, yes. if you obsess about what you're doing, if you work out the dots or how to connect them, you become better at whatever it is. And for me, that was indeed Well, I have to touch boxing. you on this. <laughs> I have to touch you on this. Because what you've done is, so basically you're saying that sparring is what it's about. And that Mike Tyson told you that customer O didn't really believe in running. He believed in sparring. And, and Hold on. Let me just tell you this. Yes. He impersonated uh, Gus Yamato. He said, I used to come back from running yes. and Gus Yamato would say to me, he said, Gus would say to me, what are you doing, man? What do you want to do? You want to be a sprinter? You want to be a sprinter? Yes. He didn't believe in running. And I yes. get that. Yes. Sparring is, do what it says on the tin. Yes. Box. Yes, well, Sugar Ray Robinson. So, you know, all of Sugar these jumping jacks. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I didn't learn by doing... No, but, I, you know, but, I didn't become Chris, a good fighter through jumping jacks. Chris, I have to interject. And I, I, I just, it's just my opinion. Lennox Lewis ran. Sugar Ray Robinson ran. Sugar Ray Leonard ran. Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali I ran. ran. <laughs> you ran. I ran. So, so and, I, and, yeah. and I say this because, you know, Anthony Yard doesn't like running. Anthony Yard doesn't like running. He likes, as you say, actuality. But I, I, I just, I personally believe that you can't, there's many ways to get to the number nine. Two plus seven, three plus six, uh, one plus eight. There can never be one way. <laughs> I just can't, uh, hold on, hold I just can't on, believe hold that. Hold on, hold on. Uh, just, just, just uh, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Yes. Mike said to me, you are going to say Yes. Running and sparring. Gus, Gus only believed in yes. sparring. Yes. So you, you I'm not saying it. the fighters don't run. No, okay. run. I okay. believe in running. Yes, sir. Gus Yamato didn't believe in running. Okay. The point I want to make, yes. or the point I'm making, is that sparring yes. is the number one aspect of learning the art, the craft of boxing. Sparring. So, so, so supposing somebody comes up with another invention, another way where you can actually assimilate or the same actions as in a ring other than getting hit. Because even if you're sparring, you may spar you're never gonna be you're never gonna be fighting the person you're sparring. So is there ever complete is, preparation? Sorry, I, uh, sorry. I'm just asking the question. I'm asking look you because you're the master. Look at Jed Luck. Look at Look, 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 look. You see, this is not uh the place to be having this conversation. I am a master. I am a master. I can't help that. Okay? Yes, sir. No, no, and no. I'm not negotiating that with you. <laughs> what I'm on the show doing is speak, doing an interview. Yes. Uh, but I'm not here. Uh, I'm not here to actually um, 
debate with no, you. No, no, any listen, view. no, we're not, we're, we're, we're not here to debate. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, you know, you, you've said that, I mean, you're putting it out there. You're saying that, you're, you're, you're recalling a story that Mike Tyson said to you. And I, I just wanted to know if that is, if, if that is your personal belief. Do you believe that? No, I just told you what it is. Yeah. My, my belief is the number one thing is sparring. Sorry, I'm just making much. the point that yes, sir. Yes, the sir. man who taught and found Mike Tyson, yes. founded Mike Tyson yes. as, a, as a young man, he didn't yeah. believe in running. I believe in running. That's a great story. Yeah, I'm just telling you That's a great what story. I'm trying to emphasize is simply that sparring is the most important of all things to do with learning how to box. I agree. You're out in America now. You, your, uh, was it Unity Promotions with um, PBC um, are working in conjunction? No, no, no. Unity, no, no, no. That that no longer exists. Okay, so it oh never have. Okay. So, yeah, right. move move where from there. Uh, sorry, okay, sir. Move, sorry, yeah, sir. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. <laughs> okay, sir. Okay, no, sir. Played, no right. right. So, um, but now you are with um, PBC. And your son's got, he's in with Matt Koroboff and he's now dropped back down in weight to, to oh, box. Oh, is that correct? Yeah, he's gone down to middleweight again Oh, now, fantastic. Right? Um, how do you see this fight coming up and how do you think things are going to plan out for your son um, boxing out in America? Let me explain to, uh, you know, the listeners, especially the boxers. Um, you know, I've uh, learned the hard way. When you don't listen to your elders, then life will have to teach you what it taught the elder. And I am the elder when it comes to... Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. I've been telling these youngsters, listen. Anyway, sorry. You know, you know what I have right. to, I've got to give you the round of applause because you're teaching. <laughs> sorry, Chris. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, so my son is with uh, PBC. Yes. Now, we all know who the head of this organization is. Mm -hmm. um, Al Heyman. Now, uh, so that you know, um, the brother of the founder uh, of this organization was a fighter. And in his 20s, uh, this man watched what the promoters and managers did to his brother. Wow. And effectively... Uh, Almost, he swore an oath to himself that he's going to look after fighters and he's going to make sure that what they did to his brother never happens to any of his fighters. Now, uh, having gone through the uh, the very tricky uh, trade that this is, I can see at my age now that. This is the man that I want looking after my son. Yes. And, you know, they have, they being the others, have tried every which way they could to try and infiltrate and steal my fighter, who is my son. Okay. But, you know, where a parent is concerned, when a parent is emotionally intelligent yes. when a parent is intelligent when a parent is also experienced and when a parent is a parent meaning that the deoxyribonucleic acid is the same that is in the son's body and genes 
he's never he's never gonna let anyone take advantage of him. Absolutely. So if I'm doing that for my son, then I would ask you other fighters out there, look at what I'm doing. Yes. This is where I say my son is comfortable, where he is in a contract, and in the contract is he's working with his promoter. Mm. You see, in other contracts, you sign it with them, but they are working against you. You can, see, can and you I'm not having that. Can you explain that for us, please? Can I explain it? Yes, sir. Contracts are legal documentations that will hold up in a court of law. And they are not uh, written in the best interest of the fighter. This is with other promoters. This is not with PBC. This is not my experience. You know, if I say that I trust this man with my own son, you have to understand. You know, he has to be coming with a much different uh, uh, viewpoint, not just um, just talk and uh, um, ego and we're this and we're that and we are going to do this and we're the biggest and we. You know, I'm not listening to all of that. You know, I've listened to the promises. You know, I've been uh, in the position where I've been misused. Um, so, so my view today is take heed of someone who is your own kind. I'm not a stranger to you, boxers. I am you. You know, I've gone through, you know, these people don't know what it is to actually be, you know, Here's a point of view that uh, you know the public don't understand, and certainly the promoters don't understand. Do you know how lonely it is to be a boxer? Hmm. Do you know how lonely it is to be a champion? You're by yourself. Yes. No one's with you. You are the standard bearer. You are the benchmark. You know, when you do something, it teaches other people to do the same thing. Yes, which is why you have to conduct yourself appropriately at all times. One hundred percent. So, so, so this position that I have, uh, it has to be earned. Mm. There's no instantly getting this. You don't get this just because you win. You know, you are tried um, in your personal life. You are tried. What do you come back with? Do you project bitterness, anger? or love and understanding. Yes. When you're doing love and understanding, then you can be a beacon to the masses. But when you're speaking effectively me, it's all about me, 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 no, it's us, it's we. As again, the great Muhammad Ali said, we. So I'm looking after us. So anyone who would speak uh, derogatorily or negatively about me, no way. they're only doing so because I'm speaking truth no for the guys who are actually giving the entertainment, the boxers. This is, I'm this, not speaking this, against my own, I'm speaking for my own. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is, this is fantastic insight because I'll tell you why. My son is a uh, second year scholar at Crystal Palace and I feel the same way, Chris. You know, I'm, I'm, everybody's on trial because it's my son and I have to protect him. And um, even with the fighters, I protect them to the best of my knowledge. And it's not that we won't make mistakes along the way, but as you say, it's how you project it. 
You know, are you going to be bitter, you know, um, or are you going to learn from the experience and gain the experience and not make the same mistake? So I, I personally, Tunde Ajay, commend everything you have done and are doing for your son. I mean, a few, I think it must have been the first week or so we was in a, you know, people asked about the Chris Eubanks student. I said, well, it'll, it'll beat Golovkin. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you heard that show, but I've, I've just, I've always been a supporter of you the way you've done things, it takes a man to stand out and be different from the crowd, and I feel that you've done that superbly. Let me depart on this note here, yes. which is, again, about standard-bearing. Who yes. takes notice? What happens to a fighter when he retires? Everybody forgets about them. Yes. And Apart from me. This is, <laughs> this is tragic. Yes. This is tragic. Beyond, uh, beyond tragic, and let me explain to you why. One of my family members who was a boxer at 57 now has been diagnosed with dementia, mm. so he can't remember what he said five seconds ago. What happens to somebody like that, which is all of us, we are all going to suffer the consequences of our love, which is boxing. Getting hit, there is a consequence to it. Okay, and so we saw that by saying, well, if you put your foot into water, most certainly it's going to get wet. If it's scolding hot water, then it's going to get wet and scolded. So we have a price to pay. Now, this is the point. What happens to those retired boxers? We have to look after them. We have to find them and help them. We have to get it out there in because our compatriots, our compatriots are in trouble, you know. And for what we give to the public, this entertainment mm-hmm. is costing us. And there is a lot of us out there who are suffering in silence. So we have to find these people. This is the note I wanted to leave on. Yes. Sure, I could make you laugh. <laughs> but it may be more indelible if I leave on that note. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure speaking to you all. Christopher Livingston. Christopher Livingston. Eubank. It has been been a pleasing pleasure, sir. Thank you. Keep on doing what you're doing. Simply (laughs) the best. Thank you very much for coming on the show, sir. Thank you, Chris. And our next guy we're going to go grab on the line. Remember, in Jamaica, there's an old saying. We say that someone is, is, is... it surpassed their, their age. Their age, yes. We say, him young, but him old. Mm. <laughs> and this is this guy here. You know what I mean? Ben, ben, ben Davison, man. Come on. Ben, ben Davison. He's the guy, man. A living young legend. Trust me on that. That's what I call him. Trust me on that. Let's not delay. I mean, Let's get Ben Davison on the phone. Okay. Let me introduce to it the listening fans. Yeah, yeah. On the fight is right. The one... The only, the irrepressible, irreplaceable, irreplaceable, the man known as the man, the man credited with the person who rebooted Tyson Fury's career, the one, the only, Ben Davison. Oh, that. <laughs> Come on now, Ben. That Come was on, that, that was energy. <laughs> That was some introduction. You must be after Michael Buffer's job there, Dundee. I'm telling you, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Go ahead, Vince Spence. 
Yeah, Ben, like I'm saying, you were there on the weekend for Deontay Wilder, uh, Lewis Ortiz. Yeah. What was going through your mind, forget about the knockout, from round one to round six, watching the display put on by uh, this old <laughs> pensioner. <laughs> you got that? <laughs> I heard he didn't win a, win a round. He, he didn't. He didn't. He, wow. In my eyes, he didn't. I, I don't think he did. I, I think official scorecards didn't have him up. He didn't win a round. But wow. he's he's got that, that, like I said, people say that he's a one-trick pony, but what he does with that trick is magical. Mm. I mean, that is some Paul Daniels <laughs> kind of magic that he's doing. What was going through <laughs> your mind, Ben? What was going through you your know mind? What, do you know what? I uh, A lot of people slate Wilder's boxing ability, and although he's probably not the prettiest or the most coordinated. He's, uh, he's actually smarter than what people give him credit for. And I Absolutely. knew, and we all knew, that Ortiz would be very reactive for the first four, five, six rounds. I've said that all the way in every interview that anybody asked me. Mm. And I think that Wilder, he purposely kept a low punch count to not take any risks early on. And he knew that, you know, Ortiz's real age was going to show at some point. And... Um, the, more, the most shocking thing was, you know, we all know that Wilder carries power, but Ortiz is someone that's never been rocked, never been dropped, never been wobbled, barring the fight with Wilder previously. And I think Wilder landed one shot on his chin, one clean shot, and that was all it took. Yeah, but prior to the fight, prior, prior to the knockout, did, prior was, to the was knockout, it going through like your head like, right, we could be seeing an upset here? No. Uh, uh, somebody had texted me down, that's 3-0. That's 4-0. And I genuinely text back saying, um, yeah, but can he maintain it? I knew it was a moment of time. I knew exactly what Wilder was doing. He was waiting for that moment. I could see it round by round. He was getting a little bit closer. Ortiz was just a little bit less reactive, a little bit less. Legs were a little bit less engaged. And it was a matter of time before that right hand came through, in my opinion. What what improvements do you see in, um, in Wilder? Because I just think that, I think that he showed more trust and more confidence in his trick. I think that he was very, very patient. Um, and he's, he's got the confidence of his power at that level now. Mm. Because what, what I noticed with, with Wilder is like, if I think since the dominant Brazil knockout, I think before, even before then, he believed in his punch. I think, well, I could just turn up, I could just knock guys out. And I do also agree with you because his first Bromain Stavern fight, he actually boxed in that fight. I thought he was very, very impressive in that fight. Yeah, he was um, very impressive. But I think it's also the fact of um, his his need to ingratiate himself to the fans and he does want that knockout so much that everything gets thrown out the window and he does do these mad windmill punches and throw shots when he's off balance and stuff like that. But I can't see how you can't learn. He's got Mark Breeland, you know, um, Mark Breland being a former World Games um, gold medalist in 1982, Olympic gold medalist in 1984. I, I don't see how you can't learn by being around these guys, but I think he just wants to knock guys out that much that he doesn't care. Yeah, 100%. I also do think that his other trainer, Mark Breland's obviously a fantastic trainer, was a fantastic fighter. And I also think that his other trainer, Jay Diaz, is a very, very good trainer. And He's I a think very they're very smart. Trainer. Yeah. Very underrated. And I think that. Um, you know, the the Wilder's Wilder Wilder's best asset is obviously that right hand, but he does set it up which people don't give him credit for. And the way he most often sets it up, people will say it's off the jab and it's this and it's that and it is. 
but he will lull you into a false sense of security before nailing you with it. Right. <clears throat> We've just seen statistics out and it's, it's stating that um, Deontay Wilder is the hardest punching heavyweight champion of all time. Going by statistics. How, how, did, it, how did it work out? Because they're going by how many guys he's knocked out out, out out of fights that he's had. He's like, he won 42 and 0 now. Okay. And he's he's knocked out 40 opponents. Incredible. It's nuts, right? Okay. So if you if you look at, like, you've been in there with him, right? And I know you've seen the flaws and everything else. I don't think you're going to overly divulge in that, right? Because you're preparing for this rematch. But with that punching power, like, John Tewada was saying, you know, so guys could outbox me, but they got to do that for 36 minutes. And all I got to do is just land one shot in one second and it's lights out. Is that, as you as a trainer, how do you prepare for someone who who, who is an hellacious puncher? I think that, I think that the best, the best attribute that we can have going against him is being realistic, mm-hmm. knowing you know, some people will have to try and convince themselves of false, false sense, false sense confidence to yeah. say it's not that it's not that powerful. You know, who's <laughs> yeah. knocked out and this that and the other. The best attribute you can have is to be real with yourself and say, come "Okay, come on, that's come, come, come on, bro, come on, bro. <laughs> what, what? I have, <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I have to take this away. I have to take this away from him. Yes, yes, yes. Well, listen, I want to move away from Fury. No disrespect. I want to move away from Wilder. I want to move away from AJ uh, and the rest of the heavyweights. And I want to talk about the man, the young man they call Ben Davison. You set yourself a target of being the youngest trainer of a world champion or of world champions. A, a, a feat which is incredible and a feat which you set, a goal which you set yourself to do by the age of 25. That's, it's incredible, Ben. You know, and, and, your your knowledge, the way you speak, how you articulate fights, how you articulate fights or break down fights, far belies what your actual age is. And I just like to know, you know, <laughs> give me a secret, sunshine. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but but you know, you know what you know. Where does this where did this love, this passion, this motivation come from? Because I'm 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 more I'm, you know I'm, I'm I want to know about Ben Davison. Because I think, yeah. you know, being in a position, you are, I'm in the same position as a trainer. I, I, I often, you know, we're not going to go by Eubanks. <laughs> Eubanks quote of, it's all a fighter. No, I don't agree with that. Because a few years ago, uh, when you first met Tyson, yeah, correct me if I'm mistaken, you know, in Marbella. Is it Marbe- Marbella. Marbella? You know, yeah. you, you was only 23 years old. And uh, in the space of three years, you're at the top of the mountain. And that takes a lot of doing and I just want you to go into touch into a little bit about your love of the sport your passion how you study it and how you manage to you know help Tyson get back to where uh, I guess he always thought he should be yeah I mean I think that most people's story of how they got into boxing is all similar you know I mean going to the gym at a young age my father took me to the gym at a young age and getting into boxing and all the rest of it and I'm the t- a lot of it is down to people's personality. You know, if you have that hunger, no matter what you do, and the motivation that you want to be the best at what you do, and mm. achieve, be the best at what you can be, um, 
you know, I think you, I think you'll do well with no matter what you do, and I, you know, no matter what it is that I do, I'm very analytical. I look at every. I used to watch football games and watch one player for the whole game, and then go back and watch another player for the whole game, like just that. to see what like they that. did in certain positions, certain scenarios. And it's the same thing in boxing. I probably, I feel like if my boxer goes against an opponent, I feel like I've watched them that much. I know what they're going to do before they know they're going to do it. Brilliant. Um, and. That's just the way I was. But I spent a lot of time obviously working with Billy Joe underneath Jimmy, Jimmy Tibbs. Yes. And it takes a certain level of intelligence to be able to pick up information and Retain gain it. that. Soak, soak that soak that knowledge up. Um, and I'm, I was lucky enough to, to, you know, people talk about experience, but it's not the amount of experience, it's the quality of the experience. Good point. Come on. Journey... Journeyman was two hundred fights. Don't Come often on. beat prospects. Oh, <laughs> stop! <laughs> stop! 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 Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You got your round of applause. Go ahead. <laughs> Journeyman with two hundred fights. Don't often beat prospects with six fights because the prospect with six fights has usually had better coaching, better pedigree, and better experience. Yes. Um, and I mean, look at look at. Yourself with Anthony. Anthony had, what, 12 amateur fights. Because he's had fantastic coaching, he's had great experience. Look at what he's been able to achieve in a short space of time. Incredible. Incredible. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have that uh, with Jimmy Tibbs and gain a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and quality experience at a young age, which then put me into the right path to be able to do what I've done with Tyson, when to push a fighter, when not to push a fighter, how to organise a training camp, how to... You know, there's so many factors, as you guys know, to, to being able to get a fight to the peak, yes. to, for the right tactics, for, you know, even the, even the right fights at the right time. Because no matter how good somebody is, I remember Billy Joe was always in a race with Frankie Gavin and James Miguel when they all turned over. Yes, but Jimmy, yes. they're, they're at this stage, they're at this stage, they're at this stage. And Jimmy said to him, listen, son, you take your time. You need to go through all the stages. Don't skip any steps. And they'll get beat along the way and you'll go on to do more. And he was right. Come on. Hmm. Come on. Come on. I like that. Jimmy Tibbs. I like that. I like that. I like that. You educated us. You educated us so the fight is right, man. I'm telling you. Um, and I, I, you know, listen, there's so much that can be said about yourselves. I mean, your, your credit to yourself, your family. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to ask, I know I, I did read that, you know, there was a point you was actually staying in Tyson's spare room when you first met him. You know, and I guess... That's deep because, you know, you've obviously built up this fantastic relationship with one another and uh, it's almost as though the two of you read off the same hymn sheet. Um, tell us a little bit about your personal re- relationship with Tyson. Yeah, well, when I first met him, obviously everybody knows that he's very overweight, very out of shape and even more so, he's in a very bad place mentally and, we, we you know, we actually got along. Mm. And um, at the beginning point, I thought, I thought to myself, if I can just get this man back happy again, then I'd be happy with the job Jesus. that I've done because he deserves to be happy. Sorry, sorry, that's me getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> he getting the job. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. And he needed my first. My first goal was to make him fall back in love with the sport because if he was being active, he was burning calories. If he's burning calories, Jesus. he's going to lose his weight, and that was the first oh, step man. along to getting him back in the right place. And um, you know, there's sacrifices all around. Like you said, Cindy, you know, I, I do, I am one of those attached to the fighters, but try, everybody has to make sacrifices, you know, and I have to make a sacrifice. No man wants to live under another man's roof. Mm. So it was a sacrifice that I had to make to 
help him get back to, to, to where he is now, you know, and yes. to see where he is now yeah. is a fantastic, fantastic uh, thing for me to be able to see. But there's been lots of people that have played a part as well, you know, in terms of the rest of the team and his family. Lots of people have played a part yes. in getting him to, to, to where he is now. And tell us about this book. I'm, I'm hearing that you're, 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 you're launching books and stuff. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, bro, uh, you're moving up. You ain't waiting for no one. You ain't. You're, listen, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Dream it, believe it, become it. That's what Ben Davidson is. Dream it, believe it, become it. One hundred percent. Come on, Tell us about this book. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, well, when I first met Tyson, he'd actually already started the book, and um, obviously, I, I was hearing him go through his life story yeah, for different parts of our training camp and. It was uh, it was interesting to see because to see that now, especially at a perfect timing, you know, with where he is in his career and you know the WWE stuff and all the mental health uh, things that he's done and the role that he's played and the ambassador that he is, it's, um, you know, it, it, that book will, although it's great a great reading for people to read it, it, it'll be a great motivation for people to read and to see the mindset of somebody to, that, that's gone through that and how they can relate to it and it'll put them help put them on the right path to do the same yes sir. what about your book maybe one day maybe one day but um... <laughs> we need that book we need the secrets man just let just let them off stop trying to be a poker player we need, we need, I, need to, he, I, need, I need to study the Ben Davidson when, when, he, when he gets when he gets past 30 <laughs> nah, yeah. he's it's out. actually my 27th birthday on Friday wow well, you know what? well I've got to say I've got to say happy birthday for you for, for, for Ben man what, what, what's it? What's it? What's it on Friday? What's the date on Friday? The twenty ninth. Twenty Wow. Serious. That's that's that is serious. That's I the same day as Riddy and, and Bose. Yeah. That's a big fight that's <laughs> coming up fight. on 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 the weekend. Quick silver well. Bose against yeah Philip Bowles versus. Akeem. That's a great fight. A great Akeem fight. In this Brown, you got seriously. Who who you got for that fight? Who you got Come for on. that fight? Oh, do you know what? Is that I think it's a I think it's a really good fight. Two. I think whoever gets their game plan and tactics right on the night and he's has the better concentration levels, mm. we'll win that fight. Mm. Mm. You know what? We That's had them exactly both on the show last week and it, it it kicked off, man. It was really, really good. <laughs> it was Seriously, yeah. I'm going to send you, I'm gonna send you the show. <laughs> after I get off, after we get off from this interview, I'm going to send you the show. It was a really, really good, it was, it was, it was, it was hyped. Well, Ben, I'm going to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And again, you continue to be my motivation. It's so mad because the first fight in LA, um, I remember, like, Tyson was training upstairs, you know, uh, Ben was women and stuff, and then everybody, Tyson finished and everything. I was training, no, I think, I don't know, Andy was training, right? Andy, and, Andy and Tyson was training at the same time, I remember, because okay. we came in and, 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 and Tyson was on the running machine and me and Andy done our stuff, but then when both the fighters went back to their room, 10 minutes later or so, boom, I went upstairs, who comes through the door? Ben Davison. And it's about I said, trainers got a chain. Yeah. So ben, yeah. knows, no, yeah. ben knows what's going on. And uh, that was that was a good meeting. First time I met you, you know, and spoke to you face to face. And uh, right from then, you know, uh, you know, you, you you got a friend for a long time, mate, in me. And uh, I, I'm I love watching your your journey and continue doing what you're doing. You know, we're just starting in this game, you know, and we're gonna be here for a long time. So. Any support 100%. I can offer, listen, I'm there. And I, I, I'll always ask you questions because I ain't afraid to learn from anyone. Yeah, and vice versa. And trust me, Ben, just keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you know you got to support me. You're my guy, man. Because me and Ben, we talk. 
we we talk a lot. And yes, you know what? I'm I'm a supporter of everything. I like to support people. I like to encourage people. I don't yes. care. You know what I mean? So anyone going after their dreams and aspirations, I'm right behind them. And, and you're going out, you're doing that. And I think it's fantastic what you've done with Tyson Fury. Incredible. In, right? But not only, not only that, I remember a few years ago when Tyson Fury was, was, wasn't the most loved person in the sport. And I was very, I, I hated that. Mm-hmm. And like to see how he's changed that whole thing. And knowing that you have been like a a a a, 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 a part of the, the the mechanism or the, the the tricks and the mechanics to to have been there for Tyson Fury, I think that's excellent. How you should be commended, Tyson Fury should be commended. I'm so looking forward to him and Deontay Wilder because I think Tyson Fury is a technical genius. Period. No man his size ain't moving like how he moves and throwing off the shots like how he throws off. And one thing I noticed about with Tyson Fury, when Tyson Fury is motivated, he's the baddest heavyweight in the whole world. Yes, sir. Period. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right, Ben, peace and love. It's been a plum pleasing pleasure to have you up on the show on The Fight Is Right. Ben Davis, ben everyone. Ben Davison. <laughs> You guys was deep though. No, no, no. Bruv, <laughs> bruv, 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 bruv. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was See, gonna. He brought the shovel out today. <laughs> <laughs> he brought the encyclopedia out. He My head was hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> My head was hurting me, bro. He was going. In. <laughs> I was like, calm down, Chris, mate. <laughs> but you know. The man is a, a wealth of knowledge, yeah, man. A wealth of experience, and I guess he just wants the best for his son. He's 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 le- he's leading the way. He's he's unique. Yeah, you, he's that, unique. That's that's what you you, you could put. Yes, he's he, he is he's that. But yeah, and I mean Ben Davison got big him up. I say like thanks for coming ben, on the show. Incredible. Yeah, I mean Coogan's Coogan's my guy. Yeah, I mean me have been powerful for a long time. So yeah, I mean big up Coogan as well. I I and I just love the fact that Coogan is um. You know, sharing what he's got now. You know, empowering young people and giving them a wage. Yeah, and uh, that's what it's about. Come on, man. You mean, and and that's what I like, man. You mean, uh, what is it? Happiness is not complete unless you share it. I love that. Cool. I love that. Hold on, I'll give you one of these. <laughs> I thank you, sir. I thank you. I thank you so much. Listen, man. Join us for next week's yes. show. It's going to be the breakdown for Andy Joshua versus Andy Ruiz. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. I'm telling you, this is going to be a fantastic fight. But KO, four rounds. I don't want to hear nothing. No nonsense. And I'm so looking forward to this fight. Who's going to win this said, No, I'm going AJ. But I'm going AJ points. I don't think AJ can. I'm going AJ. You shut up. Fufu, Eba, and Agusi in the left hook. Remember this. Remember Tunde Ajayi saying it. The left hook of AJ is going to play a big part. It's going to be actually a right uppercut left hook. I told Boxing News that today. Okay. A right uppercut left hook. Well, I'm looking forward to the fight. It's going to be a great fight. Oh, we still got one more week, though, isn't it? Ten, ten no, days. It's, no, it's, it's next exciting. Next Saturday, next Saturday. Wow, man, this is exciting. Yeah, trust exciting. me, it is. The whole of UK get behind Anthony Joshua. That's all I'm saying. If you're from the UK and you ain't behind AJ, rubbish. It's Cancel. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like wrong with you. Cancel. Instant block. <laughs> yeah, we have to block them. But yeah, again, a great show, Spence. Um, please like, comment, subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's what, we're, that's what we need. Yeah, 100%, man. 
I, I want I want followers like uh, Jesus. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, for real. Trust me. No, that, that's how you want. You want their kind of followers. <laughs> I'm telling me. you. <laughs> so, it's been wonderful. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for everyone for listening, watching on the fight is right. Come on down. Remember to like, comment and subscribe to the Stamina for Soul YouTube channel. Sports Social Podcast Network.